I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. Hi, hi, hi. I feel like it's been a minute. Uh, in a minute, I'm Anita. I'm very much in a Lizzo place, which I feel like I've been talking about for months. And guess what? It hasn't changed. Really excited about today. What is this? Episode 52 with incredible guest Kendra Austin. And we are talking about deservedness, which is a kind of weird word to say, uh, if I'm honest. And I have a um, definition for us. And I couldn't think of anybody better to discuss it with. But the definition of deservedness coming from, where is this coming from? This is coming from Wiktionary. Noun, deservedness, the state or quality of being deserved. Should we look at what deserved means? Sure, why not, right? Deserved, fair, merited, and then verb, deserve, simple past tense and past participle of deserve. Okay, good to know. But Kendra is a really incredible person, has the most incredible heart. I say this on the pod, but I just want to say that the first time she came to me as a client for an Akashic Records reading, she asked for permission to read this prayer. And I thought, I was like, yeah, of course. And I thought it was just going to be like, you know, I don't know, the Lord's Prayer or something. And no, it was this beautiful thing that she had written. And she is someone that has done a lot of work in social media and things that I think is a lot around uh, deserving and worthiness and things like that. And it's really tricky with the topic of deservedness because it feels like one of those things it's really important for us to self-validate and give ourselves permission. And yet we cannot fully determine it in isolation. We can think we're deserving of the world, but if the world says, I'm going to give you nothing, are we? I mean, we can be, but like being sort of between those realities, I think can be really difficult. Super enjoyed the conversation I got to have with Kendra. I hope you enjoy the conversation with her. Kendra Austin is a content creator, writer, model, and author of the forthcoming The Realist Oracle Deck. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and immediately follow her all over the internet and hopefully um, get down with her Oracle deck when it's released. Enjoy. And we're rolling. I'm still getting used to being able to actually see you and not just on Instagram, which is so, I so know. nice. I know. Uh, I know. It's so crazy because we are in 2022 and there are a million ways to talk to people that you love and feel connected to. And yet, and still all of those still feel really like the same thing as physically meeting up in New York. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's so, it's so weird, but this makes everything worth it, you know? I think it's also um like like people I'm sure anyone who lives in a city feels this way but like New York is I guess similar to LA in the sense of when you live in different neighborhoods like 
it's not uncommon to go months without months, years without right. seeing people that you like a lot, just because even though like the island of Manhattan is 12 miles long, it's right. like it can take me an hour to see my mom who lives uptown, you know, like it's right. just crazy sometimes getting around that people will be like, oh, but doesn't someone so live in Brooklyn? You're like, yeah. And that is why I see them. Right. <laughs> exactly. <year. laughs> exactly. No, a different borough is basically Canada. And I've just resolved, yeah. <laughs> I've just resolved to that. Yeah, I laugh about like long distance relationships. You know, right. <laughs> Seriously. So you're someone that I'm, I'm so excited to talk about deservedness with you because it's not something that maybe you've explicitly talked about. Like right. I was going back through your work because I was like, did I imagine that? Or is that a vibe I've been picking up on? Which is like always a cool thing as a highly yeah. intuitive person when you're totally. like, did I make it up? Or like, <laughs> what was that said? You know? And I do think you have talked about, especially on your Substack and things like that right. in your social, I think you do talk about this idea of deserve and deservedness and it seems like a real theme but I didn't see anything like explicitly but like I feel like it's something you're contemplating a lot about yes. asking yourself either because I was thinking about like the two sides of the coin that come with with deserving of like both thinking about what you deserve and then thinking about why you may think you don't deserve it and right. it's seems like you've been on this real journey in terms of like figuring out what is within yourself that is holding you back from going after what you desire. Right. Cause I mean, I think you're really good at always doing your work like across the boards, like, you know, like God knows you're trying like who we, we can right. make no promises about where we get, you know, where are you at? Like, what are your off the top of your head thoughts around right. deserving and deservedness? Totally. Well, first off, I actually love the fact that you kind of mentioned as you were like looking through my work and seeking like the explicit mention of deservedness, it was kind of challenging to find. But in almost everything that I express, I think I'm trying to take a stab at this like mammoth that is deservedness, mostly mm -hmm. because if you consider deservedness in a whole, I think every day, the concept will crush you. At least that's how I feel. Right. If I wake mm. up and I think about like the idea of stepping into this like full em full embodied version of myself, that feels really, really challenging to me because I feel like I'm <laughs> I'm removing myself from presence. Right. And and I can mm. feel that right away. It's like a tightening in my chest, like a quickening of breath of like, oh, I like I so I need to step into who I imagine I'll be in 30 years. And that feels like a person who understands deservedness or who has fully embodied it. Not say that we can't try every single day or that we can't attempt to evolve or kind of like pixelate into that full image. And that's kind of what I imagine myself doing every day is like this pixelating image. It's like getting closer and closer and it's kind of starting to take shape into who Kendra is. Um, I think that I've developed that as I've moved deeper into self-trust and in further away from black and white thinking that I think a lot of traumatic experiences draw us into and create a lack of deservedness. Right. So like when I was younger, I was consistently being challenged by my caretakers and was kind of always in a place of defense. 
And that created a lot of black and white thinking of I either know myself or I don't. I deserve things or I don't. I have or I don't. And in reality, those questions every single day are kind of this exists more in the gray. Right. And that's where I've started to allow myself to play around with like, well, maybe I like know things about myself right now that are making me feel fulfilled. And maybe that's enough of an answer for this exact moment. And all those question marks are not necessarily so daunting as far as whether or not I deserve those things, but whether or not I truly desire them whether I'm willing to do the work to make them happen, whether I have the capacity to carry those things right now and kind of allowing myself more grace to step into becoming um, every single day and making small choices to show up in trust in my relationship with myself um, and allowing that to be enough, right? So like, let's say like right now I'm working on developing a dinner party, that way, like women, fems can come together and like create relationships. That was a challenge that I gave myself, not necessarily within my career or like um, about establishing a brand, but more about like reestablishing a sense of self-trust and like my ability to show up for a community and um, establishing space for like love outside of myself in a way that I haven't in a long time because I have been working on myself for so long and kind of been doing more insular work. So now like externalizing that, I was like, I trust myself to create a space that feels really good and ushy and gushy for people. And every single day that I send out that email or like contact a sponsor or contact somebody that like I think would be a great partner in this, I feel amazing, not because again, I'm doing, but because I trust myself and like what I've extended out in those relationships to come back tenfold. Right. And like every single time I do that, building that self-trust to me equates to deservedness. I'm like, Oh, like I kind of stepped in that action, even though I, it didn't feel completely foundational or didn't feel super sturdy, but I did trust myself. And like, to me, that is equating to deservedness right now. Like self-trust, making these small like atomic habits towards self-trust, I think feels like deservedness in this exact moment. I love that because you're talking about, a, a, I think, a, about a lot, you know, right. and a lot of complex things. And you can't, I think, t I think you're absolutely right. Like you can't really talk about deservedness without talking about enoughness and self-trust and trauma and how right. if there is any trauma if there is any of that you know it's like funny I don't think about like when I think in the context of myself I'm not like oh because this bad thing happened to me I think I deserve less like this right. is like the bummer of trauma like it doesn't file in your brain like that so that you can then just lift it out you know but I, I 100% agree with you that like, if you can start to shift things when it comes to deservedness, I think a way also to from expectations, because mm -hmm. I think the black and white thinking gets really tempted to like commingle deservedness and expectations and go like, I help this person on this thing. Therefore they have to do this dinner party or, right. uh, you know, and like really you're trying to cover up your vulnerability about asking for something, you know, and, and hide it and mask it in that expectation or whatever. But right. I think it's also this sort of like pass fail moment about your deservedness that if people 
you know, are excited to participate, then you are deserving, you know, like, and I think when I started contemplating deservedness or deserving, you know, and I realized how like kind of insidious it is that Mm -hmm. we're not often explicitly saying we we either have this pop culture like treat yourself you know like i deserve it or whatever and to your point usually that's like being sold right like to your point that's usually being sold to us yeah and on and in this very very top line superficial way you know like Mm -hmm. it's this one facet of it and it's also this reward system you know like if you did something good then you deserve something you know it's all this merit and reward which again very black and white right i'm curious because i think a lot of what affected my relationship with deservedness is body stuff and I'm curious for you. I'm sorry y'all can't see Kendra, but hopefully you'll go look at all her social media and see what a beautiful, beautiful babe she is. But I think it can be really confusing to be pretty attractive. Yeah. But, you know, in a body that even if you love it, the world loves to tell you what it thinks about it. And, Has that been confusing for you that it's almost like I felt as someone who's classically attractive about my my weights fluctuated that I got stuck in this loop of like half credit Mm -hmm. and okay, like maybe I didn't deserve this, but I deserved that. And maybe I didn't, you know, like it was this constant negotiation. I had to be like really keep challenging myself to eradicate that diet mentality to eradicate that idea of like any of these things are related. And I'm curious what that's been like for you. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that, you know, to your point about the merit and reward, I was stuck in that pendulum swing for a really long time in relationship with my body on my deservedness journey. So like there Mm -hmm. was a, a point when I was probably like 2021 where I felt like I started to adopt this idea that like, I cannot stand in my own way when it comes to my body anymore. Like I had already kind of paid quote unquote, the consequences of feeling undeserving of like strong relationships in a romantic sense and friendships. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I mean just like uplifting, encouraging relationships where I don't feel like I'm making up for being fat. Right. So yeah, I feel like I had already kind of paid the consequences tenfold for relationships where like my lack of deservedness was showing up in those by being, you know, like the sidekick to my thin friends or like kind of taking myself out of the game when it came to dating and like not going on dates, not like putting myself in a position to be desired and also to desire. Like I never really voiced having a crush and I also didn't really want to show up to be crushed on because I just didn't believe it was happening or true. Right. Stop. Yes. Why are you like, uh, like reading something from my like eighth grade journal right now, Kendra? Yes. Uh, it's that very much like wicked, like I'm not that girl moment, right? Like it's not, yeah. me. they don't want to see me this way. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like there was a moment where I decided like, okay, I can't do that anymore. In the black and white thinking, I was like, I can't mm-hmm. do that anymore. Um, And from that moment, I think I immediately went to the pendulum swing. Okay. Like I deserve what they're all getting. Not like what I want, what I've defined in like a capital V value of what I care about. I want what they're all getting. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's really shown up in my choice of career. Like I think about this a lot. Also, I'm currently writing a book and there's a a very like distinct chapter in which I'm talking about kind of the pendulum swing of going from being somebody who 
the world told you didn't deserve things in a fat body, namely romantic relationships, I think in specific, but also like, you know, the ability to wear a crop top, uh, the desire to like <laughs> the choice to not always be on a diet, the choice to not talk about like the fact that you want to get small, even though everybody wants to force you into that conversation. Like all of those moments where people are like, oh, I'm shocked that you don't feel this way about yourself. Right. I think that like I had this moment of being like, well, I want to be, I deserve to be told I'm pretty all the time. So now I'm going to become a model. <laughs> I suspect that people will do this for me. <laughs> so I'm going to do that now, you know? So like that really was as much as I like would never have named this previously. And I think that this is like something that every single time I am asked to do an interview like it, particularly by like thin white women that work in PR or like are in fashion. They want me to tell them like that I'm doing this for my younger self. And I'm like, no, I actually did it because I wanted to be told I was hot. Every single day. <laughs> I love it. I mean, do you ever feel sometimes like baby you is like, I I think sometimes of like these, these decisions I made or I'll, I'll come across an old journal and I'm like, baby Anna like you were so wise or like right. like sometimes the simplicity of just being like a dumb young person you yes. know of just like I want to be told I'm pretty all the time like go right. forth babe you know see what happens Completely. like it changed a lot for you you know it opened up right. I think a lot for you and also like something I want to say like not that I think Kendrick gives a shit but you know the way Kendra and I met is she came to me for a session. I read her Akashic Records. And I just want to say the way that she started off our session was by asking if she could read a prayer. And I mean, you were a baby then. And I, mm -hmm. you know, to, to my old ass. And I just feel like <laughs> I love that you have this balance of being, I think, very wise. But it's also born out of like kind of pragmatism. You know, right. of you being like, what do I really want? Well, I want to be told I'm hot. I want to be told I'm pretty. Like, I'm struggling right. to kind of understand this. I'm struggling. You know, I'm seeing my peers. I'm not happy with what's happening for me. How do I get to experience that? And I like what you said, too, yeah. about, like, not wanting, like, your version of it or whatever. But, like, you wanted what you were seeing. And I think that that's something that's also really confusing as well and especially in the context of wellness that yes. there's so much in wellness that is about it's funny in doing even though I, I at first I felt very you know arrogant and was like I know Kendra I don't need to do that much research and then was like I mean maybe give it a Google just mm -hmm. give it a Google girl and I read your interview with the Covature and I loved that they referenced um, this uh, this newsletter about like the the cult of confidence yes and I think that this is something that drives me crazy as well in the sense of, of deservedness of sometimes it's not so much. I don't think I deserve things, but society doesn't always agree. And yes. that makes me crazy sometimes, especially talking to people who love me, who that that is painful for them to hear, or that is yes. painful. Like, and it's across the board. Like it can be sometimes really difficult. I think for my brother to hear about right. like sexism I encounter. Yes. It's hard for my mom to really hear that like being in a larger body like affects me, you know, and right. and stuff like that. And 
And it's not so much that I doubt what I deserve. I think at this point I've had enough therapy, but it, right. it is like what will melt my brain sometimes when I'll say like, I want this or I da 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 da. And people are like, of course you do or whatever. Right. And it's like right. more I'm, I'm trying to air out my feelings of this disconnect that it's not, a, it's sort of like deservedness and desire are sort of similar that there's, there is a component of the outside world. Like society yes. is involved in some of this and exactly, exactly. And it's frustrating, you know, it really, really is. And like, that is ultimately where our work is, right? Like, mm -hmm. and I think that that's true when it comes to like trying to be more of like an intersectional, like member of a community, right? Like you have to really figure, you have to dig and dig and dig beneath like, okay, at first I had mom's desire, right? And then I had, mm -hmm. like, you have family desire, right? And then you have, like, kind of your younger self insecurity, everybody hates me, I hate myself moment, right? <laughs> so there's, there's, like, weird desires that, like, kind of have stuck with you through there. And then there's, like, the, like, you know, you reveal yourself to the world and you get smacked down. And there are yeah. all these desires that come from, again, having this perception of, like, well, they told me that I couldn't have this, so now I want it just because you said I couldn't. And that is mm. something that, like, I think I existed in for a really long time, like, until, like, yesterday, years old, of, like, <laughs> realizing that vindication was motivating mm. a lot of my desire and a lot of my deservedness because I hadn't come to the final, final like, sobering and more, you know, pragmatic layer of, like, if I existed in a vacuum, what would I want? If, if it wasn't, Ugh. if it wasn't in protest of what people told me I couldn't have, what would I want? Oh, it's and so hard. It, it really, really is. Because at this point, we've had how many years of having to exist, like, yeah. it, in a space of also just wanting to believe that we could have those things, right? And, and how much of our energy is being charged into, like, not necessarily, I don't think it's necessarily always just simply proving it to other people. It's a little bit of both. Yeah. Of, like, for example, I ran a half marathon. I literally hate running i hated running then <laughs> i hate it now you're not gonna find me out there again but i did do it i did do it because they told me i couldn't because i thought i didn't i didn't ever see like a marathoner like somebody with my body type at the time like i yes. was like still around like 200 pounds and i just didn't think it was possible to like carry my body 13.1 miles you know so i was yeah. like let's do it but at the same time like i did it by myself nobody ran it with me nobody was on the finish line i went and i had brunch and congratulated myself and it made me realize, like, there was a piece of me that actually really, really did want to prove that to me, even though I thought that it was vindication, right? It's like, I felt like I deserved that moment. And I think about a lot, just like that, that moment I had with myself post half marathon of just like sitting at brunch and being like, oh, I'm, I'm really proud of myself. Like, there's nobody that like, I can express the way that this feeling is really sitting with me. There's no way yeah. that I have words for it. There's no way to express that. And I could not have imagined that I had this feeling until I already had it. I won't be doing it again. <laughs> and, I, and I won't be running again in this way, probably. Yeah. All, all of that to say that I think sometimes it also takes kind of having, being able to devour and realize that it's bittersweet. It's not completely sweet. It's not completely bitter um, in order to find ourselves. Yeah. I mean, my mom says, careful what you wish for. You just might get it. 
a right. lot, you know, or, and especially to, and I feel like I am being a little bit like, I want, or I wish, you know, she's right. like, careful what you wish for. And it's true because you can be like, listen, trying to prove shit to people or I'll show them is some of the most delicious fuel one could use to power right. themselves. I mean, it powered you on a half ma- marathon. Like totally. it is such an intoxicating and I think like it is also really obscuring. You're like, like before you right. know it, you're like, wait a minute. Like, who are these people that I'm like, name them, you know, like who, right. like, w- w- what is this imagined audience or, or, you know, uh, like chorus yes. of haters or deniers or whatever. <laughs> right. Right. And then you're like sitting at brunch and you're like, I'm a little cold because I'm sweaty. And you're like, and I'm real proud of myself. But also like, I could have just, you know, given myself, you know, a high five right. instead of I running cried about this. point one mile. Exactly. Yeah. I could have <laughs> simply cried yes. about this, right? I could have cried about the, yeah. you know what I'm saying? The struggle, the struggle of being fat, all those things. <laughs> Do you think though sometimes that if you've been caught in a cycle of like denial, which Av's, um, you know, diet culture and things like that are really about, I think think when you've been denied a lot, whether that's, you know, bodily autonomy or romantic experiences, like whatever, you get really hung up to on this quest of being like undeniable. Like, I am not going to just keep telling you my body is worthy. I'm going to be like, I ran a half marathon, you know, like, I'm not just going to keep doing this. Like, I'm going to like, pose nude or like, whatever, you know, like, I'm going to make it undeniable. And that was like my 20s for me was like yep. i will be undeniable like you i will rise up i will do things at such a high level or i will be right. so whatever you know and then at some point i was like that's a lot of energy it's a lot of proving yourself to people who like maybe don't even yes. care maybe weren't even paying attention right maybe it was also like a fleeting thought in their mind it was yes. not that deep you, when you just like, never get the feeling that you think you're gonna get because ultimately yeah. all of that work is still work that like in many ways is only like affirming your inner critic right like mm. that's the thing in in doing that all you're saying is i won't love me until i've done this I won't feel yeah. good about me until I've done this. Right. And like to go back to the context of, for example, my career, I didn't realize until I had it that ultimately the reason why I was, be- I decided to become a model or to at least seek that out, seek out the work was because I just wanted to be told I was pretty. I didn't actually <laughs> understand that at the time. And it was actually really? keeping me. Yeah. I did not understand that at the time. At the time I would tell you, I was this is why my he- inner child. I, at the time I would tell you oh. that I was doing it because I wanted to see myself. I would have given the huge romantic poetic, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like monologue about yes. why it would have been important. And I was creating that self-importance. I was creating that. But I think mm. ultimately to the core, I realized like this is capitalistic elitist, like really stupid I'm selling people things that they don't need. And this is a job. Like there's no way Mm. that somebody that is as deep as I am could really think that these things would ever be that valuable to me. And that was when I had to sit with myself and be like, girl, keep it real. Keep it 100 with us, me, little Kendra, and also (laughs) whoever else we think may be in the room. Like, what is, what is it that I really want out of this? Cause I haven't had that feeling. Like I wanted to be undeniable to all of the like stupid boys that like 
you know, pass me aside for my younger, for like my thinner younger counterparts, right? I wanted to be undeniable for like all of the times when I felt like I was turned away from friendship groups because I was fat or like I wanted to be undeniably beautiful. And that was important yeah. for me. And then I would walk out into the world and I would still have those moments where like I would be in an Uber. And my Uber driver would say, oh, what do you do? And I'd be like, I'm a model. And he's like, you're a model, right? I'm not undeniable now, even though I'm getting the paychecks, right? Even, yeah. though, even though I'm on, I'm on the websites, even though I'm in the campaigns, that's there is no such thing as undeniability, right? Like people yeah. are still going to question that truth. And I'd realize I had done so much to make that happen. And it still will never be fully true because I'm still denying <laughs> myself, right? I'm still to yeah, some I- extent denying myself. It's, I mean, yes, you brought up, like, first of all, no one will humble you like an Uber driver. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you do for, like, I'm a tarot reader. Oh, you think you know things? <laughs> I'm like, cool. <laughs> you are so right. That. Yeah. You are okay. So true, bestie. <laughs> I'm like, well, I think I know I'm going to dinner right now, but thank you for the right. humbling, you know? Right. Um, and it's it's true. Like if you don't believe it inside, I mean, like I remember I was like all hopped up about validation and external validation and all this right. stuff. And my therapist was like, it only external validation only works if you believe it to be true inside. And I was like, Oh, like that's why so often when you're, you're seeking it, it's like junk food. You're just not satisfied, you know, like, and I was like, Ooh, thank you. How has, cause I mean, I feel like two years ago you were like a little social media, media bebe. You had a low presence, but like you were just another person. Right. And then your social in a very short period of time, I feel like. I mean, within months, I remember I would like look and be like, oh my God, she has how many followers now? You know, just exploded. Did that teach you a big lesson about validation, deservedness and like going, it's really important to ask yourself why you're doing stuff? Yeah, I think, I think that that actually was when I started to do this interrogation of like, what is it that I am currently confirming like what are the thoughts about myself Mm. or the perceptions or narratives about myself and what I'm capable of in I think artistic expression namely and how that will be received by others like what are those things that I am consistently affirming or validating for better or worse particularly because we were in the middle of the pandemic when I feel like my presence really started to grow and where my community really started to grow and it was happening specifically in in the vacuum of like the resurgence of the black lives matter movement after the death of George Floyd. And I actually was no longer like prior to that, my entire social media feed was like me with no clothes on, like literally, (laughs) literally the whole thing. It was again, me consistently being like, I am hot. Tell me I'm hot. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And I, I am, you know, of course, and there were always like, you know, I was never like drop your pick and go. It was like, I was dropping my hot pick and my parade panties. And then like, I'm doing this because I deserve to, because fat women deserve to be naked in public. Right. And 
I like knew I wasn't really resonating with that. And I actually was starting to feel Mm. prior to lockdown, like other people really weren't either. And when I say that, I just mean like, it felt like it was really, really hard to gain traction anymore. It felt like Mm. I wasn't really connecting. Like I was chasing the hit in the validation. I wasn't trying to connect. And social media for me has always been a place of connection. I'm like an OG Tumblr bitch. I like ran like an anonymous Tumblr account that had like 400,000 followers when I was in college. Like, I have always connected in community that way. And it didn't feel like it was that constant stream back and forth. I didn't know the people who like were following me. I wasn't trying to foster that relationship. And I knew it was because I was wearing a mask and that mask was just placing myself in the category of hotness, like, Mm -hmm. and place myself in the category of hotness in response to fat phobia, in response to diet culture. Do you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, there's also not a lot, too hotness in a way too like from a content point of view or like an engagement connection like there's not like there's not a lot like what's the conversation you know right like it doesn't give people a lot either you know to like work with like what are we talking about like it would be weird if everyone was just like you're really hot and you're like thank you That's exactly right. And I think that like also getting, you know, in the particular space that I'm in within like at the time body positive community, but I think more just like, you know, just taking up space and like fat positivity and hosting a real genuine conversation about diet culture and fat phobia. Like, I also think that there is another superficial layer in this particular like space on the internet, which is constantly trying to be fed the validation of like, you are, are doing this work for people that I also think is quite superficial and that I didn't want to do anymore of like being this like fat inspiration porn. And that's why yeah. I never just dropped my pick and go. I felt like I had to like explain why I was being naked on the internet. And that is something mm-hmm. that like I have witnessed, like, and this is zero shade to anybody in my community because that's how I got here. But like, I have seen people feed off of that validation for like seven years at a time with absolutely zero growth as a person and, or at least not what it appears. And that is hard to watch. Yeah. I mean, look at the Kardashians. I mean, look at lots of people. Like I get how it happens, especially too, if it's paying your bills. And it's funny. That was actually one of the questions I had for you. The loop of doing things that you're good at, but you don't enjoy that keep you stuck. But generally I think do feed like lots of people come to me for readings when, you know, they want to make a shift in their life, you know? And especially as it pertains to career, I think a lot of people get stuck in these loops of like, I'm, you know, like I'm really valued for being organized, but I'm so burnt out being the designated adult. It's like, well, then you've got to divest from the only thing you have to offer is organization, you know? And it's tricky because it's like, I think often we, I mean, all of us are always looking for shortcuts. Like every human being is looking for a shortcut. It's why we love a label. It's why, I mean, a million different things. But I think that when it comes to deservedness, like we come up with these shortcuts of like, I'm deserving because I'm hot. Okay. I'm going to focus on that right now. I am deserving because I am smart. I'm going to focus on this. Da, 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 yeah. da. And then inevitably, I think we feel confined, you know, yes. and it becomes that real scary moment of like, do I divest from the thing that gives me attention? It gives me money. It gives me validation. And it, and it gives me this sense of deservedness. 
or like not. And I feel like you're someone who consistently will kind of look at that and, and can see it. You can see it in the, the context of like, I get the part I've played in this. I understand the value it's had for myself, but now it's confining me or it's harming me or it's not in alignment, whatever. What has that been like for you? Is it, for me, it's like I make myself evolve usually just because it feels so uncomfortable in my body. Like I just kind of don't have a choice. And I'm curious what that's like for you and how do you take care of yourself when you're sort of leaving behind that thing? Maybe, you know, like, you know, it's like, you know, it's the hits, but it's like, Oh, I got to retire it. Totally. How do you take care of yourself and how do you feel about that? Right. I, I, I think for me, I have come to realize that I want to be a dynamic and changing and whole person. And Mm. that like to go back to kind of eradicating the black and white thinking of, I know myself or I don't, I want to be consistently asking questions about who I am, not making statements about who I am. And Mm. I find that that has allowed my, that has allowed me a lot more grace in those moments when I realize that I've kind of hit a wall or that there is a narrative that I'm running in my mind that has now become like a prison of my own making it like makes that like reflex less painful. For example, if we go back to the like, before the pandemic, it was a lot of just naked pictures of me. And then when George Floyd passed, I then actually didn't post pictures of myself at all for like six months. And that's how I gained the majority of my following now. It was actually mostly just like written word. I would like post videos of myself, just like talking about disappointment and grief and healing and community work. And like, I really was not that for a long time. And again, that was the hits. Like, and then if I wanted to post a selfie, it would like bomb because people just didn't want to see that for me. Now they just wanted emotional labor. And I was like, well, that's not really me either. Like, I'm also just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm all of these things. And it felt, I think that particularly being, particularly being on social media is going to challenge somebody in this particular in this particular question that you're hosting yeah more than anything because everybody wants to be a niche and you're going to be told that that's what's going to do numbers and it is what's going to do numbers and you have yeah. to decide that you are not that and that you're like it, going to challenge yourself and your community yeah. and you have to trust that your community will find you again and again and again as you become over and over and over again and that has been really interesting i think for for me right now in particular yeah. because like the majority of my following like really started following me for any number of identities, like for being fat, see that. for being black, yeah. for being identities. And I am not identities. You're not. Well, it's, I think it's funny. You go through this cycle of sort of exploring, I think, an identity mm-hmm. and being like, hmm, what does this feel like? And then you're like, bye-bye. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. I'm, and I just want to share that with people. Yeah. Well, I also think like, I mean, it's funny, like I built not a social media, I mean, nowhere near the size of yours, but like a moderately successful one. And then was like, oh, like a lot of this following doesn't actually do anything for me for what I want. You know, like they, I'm like, they don't listen to me. Like if I'm like, Hey, look at this or whatever. I don't, you know? So I was kind of like, what, what, like I I worked really hard to do this and for what, you know? And then I started like experimenting with just like truly doing whatever I wanted and not worrying about any of it, you know? And And it, it's hard. And I just like, it's tricky when you're like, I, 
no, I don't think social media is like the end all be all, but you can't deny it's an incredible tool. It's an incredible tool. It's, it's one of the most powerful free PR tools that we are marketing tools we have and also tools for expression in terms of like, I, I mean, yes, I get a lot of clients from it and all of that, but I also like that it lets me work things out. But if I get married to the likes, if I get married to the like the traction or feeling like then I'm not using it the way that I want to. Yes. But I'm curious for you because I know you're spiritual. You've I've known you were spiritual since I met you. And then I noticed on the gram that you were starting to learn a little tarot. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually do call it tarot, except for when I'm being silly exactly. and stuff. And I had approached you for a website Nina and I were doing, you know, to, to read tarot for us. And it's funny you say that, like you got, I, it, I remember as an observer and someone who, I'm tr- like, I don't, it's not like I feel protective of you right. because that would be too far. But I was like, she's doing a lot of work on her Instagram. Yes. You know, I like, and, and it feels like you also had to learn like that lesson around, you know, being wise and being in touch with intuition and in touch with yourself. And yes. people are very drawn to it. And, very demanding around it and boundaries are really difficult and it would be funny sometimes i feel like you would post stuff and i would be like i would just sort of like you know pop the popcorn because i'd be like i'm so curious to see how this goes like does this become like 200 comments and her you know and and it was kind of cool to watch you navigate that of sort of like you know being I think it's every reader, every intuitive goes through this where at first I think you're like in a world of hurt because you want to like share with everyone and like, you know, we all become these intuitive evangelists (laughs) and then you're like, oh, wow, this is a lot. People are demanding people if they think you have insight to something like don't know how to be like normal. What was that like for you? Because I felt like it was also this thing, too, that you were like. I felt the sense of when you were really tapping into your intuition and reading and starting to do more divination and stuff that it was like tapping right. into a deeper well of something you felt good about yourself about yes. or something like, which also feels very intoxicating. And then when you bring the public into it, it just gets confusing. And I'm curious exactly. what that was like for you. Totally. Um, oh my gosh. I love this question. I love that I have a chance to talk with you about this. I like, you know, I think spirituality, right. And I, Mm -hmm. you have been such a teacher in this way of like helping me really define this as everything, right. Like everything that we are, everything that like all of our experience are is of that. And the most human experience is also of Mm -hmm. that. And like, it's not, the crystals and it's not the divination tools and it's not any of those, all of those things again are tools in our different languages. Like astrology is a language. Numerology is a language. Signs are a language. Like these are all ways that we can connect ourselves and help express, but they are not in essence, our connection to spirit and our connection to our intuition, our guides. And I think that like I, with every evolution of myself and you know, I'm, I'm a Capricorn rising, like, my goal, my desire, my purpose in life is to allow people to watch me go up the mountain to not be on top of it. Like being on top Mm. of it is not the exciting part. I realize that it feels best 
for me and that it's also more impactful of myself as a creator to let people watch me climb the mountain and be on the journey and like let myself be a novice to something and let myself be both wise and a novice at the same time and kind of like when I was really stepping into doing spiritual work like in a public space and like seeing what that felt like I think that was the most vulnerable I've ever been in that particular understanding of myself right yeah because to your point it'll do like it. Exactly. Because to your point, the second that you express that now people have decided that you are this, like, like you are God or like you, right. Like they have entirely project and attach themselves to that as like a source. And you're a black woman, which, you know, in case you weren't aware. Exactly. Thank you so much. I don't know. I don't know if you knew, but you are a black woman and I also think like, I I think people want to project onto women that they have an inner knowing, which maybe we, I mean, I think we do, but, but then black women, oh my God, the way the mystical, like, um, I I hope I don't get canceled for saying this, but like mystical mammy type shit that people will project. 100 is a very real trope. And again, it can be another thing that I think feels intoxicating for me. Like, I don't want to be intoxicated, but like, this is a real connection that I have. It's not something that just externalized on social media. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I think that the second that I felt that I was like, Oh, this is actually icky to me. Like, I don't like what's being placed on me, but also I don't like the the way that this feels. Like, I don't want to be, like, in control of somebody else's relationship with spirit. I always think that I make that quite clear, but it doesn't matter if you say that. Yeah. It, what matters it's, is what people want. <laughs> what yes, matters is what people true. want, right? And I also think that, like, I had an understanding of, like, that wasn't the specific relationship. Like, me reading tarot online and doing that work so publicly, I think, wasn't the relationship that is the way that I best connect spiritually with other people. And yeah. even like the direct client work, I knew that that wasn't necessarily the relationship that made sense for me either. It's more about an embodiment and again, a like regeneration and a what's the word like democratization, I think of spiritual mm-hmm. language, I think is actually what I do best. Um, a lot of what I express online yeah. is a repackaging and a democratization of spiritual language. And I know that that's yeah. what they don't realize that that's what they're connecting with, but I do. And I think that that is what I do best is like translating spiritual understanding into something that's very tangible and more accessible to people. That's fascinating. I hadn't thought about it because my as an observer, my question to you was like, was it too limiting? Because you do, you share a lot and you are in community. And I don't think you actually like want to tell people what to do, you know? And a lot of reading is, I mean, it's, I'm not telling you what to do, but like I am, I'm relaying what the cards think you should do, you know? And it was funny when I was like, am I supposed to be a therapist? And I was like thinking about it and I was laughing with my own therapist and I was like, I am way too opinionated. I was like, I would never be able to just like sit. And she's like, I don't want to be critical or negative, but it did cross my mind. It was like very funny and sweet, but like, and I think with you, like I hadn't like, you know, thought about it in that context or put it together, but you're, you're right. I think you wanted to create accessibility for people of like, I'm not special, 
because I think these things. I, right. I you know, like I've I've read, I've gone within, I've, you know, right. you know, decided what spirit is for me. You know, like I think you that's so interesting what you said about like you want to show yourself going up the mountain, not just like, you know, sitting on it. And I could see how reading in a way would derail that for you. De- reading is sitting on top of the mountain. It is not showing how you go up it. And exactly. I do agree. And I think you're writing at some point, God, I want to say maybe a year ago or so. I've, I mean, yeah. the pandemic, what it did to my sense of time. I mean, I know we're all like that, but I'm like, was it 12 years ago? I don't right. even know. Um, really shifted. I think when you were like, you know what? I'm not trying to tell people what to do. I'm not an advice columnist. I'm not, you know, like I'm literally willing to share my experience. I'm literally willing to just, and it's funny because, um, Melissa Phoebos keeps coming up for me mm-hmm. over and over again. And I, you know, when you start like getting a little bit like stalked or visited by like a new artist kind yeah. of, and I was familiar with her work, but like not super intimately. And then I, interviewed Molly Weisenberg and when I asked Mm -hmm. her what she was excited by right now she had just taken a workshop with her I'm taking a workshop on lyrical essays and Mm -hmm. then we read her and then when I was reading about you 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 know she got brought up in your interview as well and she has this beautiful thing of um, essay I just wrote about like you know like how often women question if they should tell their stories you know and I think it's really admirable that you're trying as best you can to to strip out the shields. Right. It's not just about your hotness. It's not just about your body. It's not just about like disseminating intuition or knowledge. It's not just about that. You are sharing your experience. You're sharing your story. And that's it. That's the promise. That's right. it. You know, Completely. like whatever someone wants to do with it or what they comes from it, that is on them. Right. That's an incredible, subtle, but like life-changing boundary to sort of set. And what a place for like an artist that I think really does speak to like the work you've done around, I think, your self-esteem and deservedness. If you were like, you know what? I don't, I am enough. My stories are enough. I don't have to be, it doesn't have to be like, I'm doing it for the fat girls or I'm doing it for the this. Like, it's literally just like, I'm, I'm willing to share. And that feels like part of my purpose. That's literally it. Like I, it's particularly because I'm like a very intelligent, hyper mercurial, like woman. And I have been my entire (laughs) life. And my therapist always says this. She's like, those things together, usually make somebody like impossibly unemotional and Mm. like really, really detached from like you become obsessed with telling a story and therefore almost like incapable of changing your story. And I think that my work both personally and in teaching is to remind myself and others that I can change like Mm. as a incredibly fixed person. Like, I think that that is why I entered this, this bodily form as all of the fixed signs. Um, and as such a stubborn yeah, human you're being, an I'm an Aquarius with the Taurus moon and, and a Capricorn rising. I am ah, so. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. wild. I hadn't thought about that because change for me is such a part of my identity and right. I think values, but you know, it's all like, it's all fun and games until it's time for time you to, to do it or you know, yeah, until it's, until it's time, time to, to go. So as we start to wrap up, what are you 
what are you marinating on right now? Yeah. What are you what are you excited about? What are you thinking on? Where you know, uh where's your work heading right now? Totally. You know, I think deservedness is like such an apt conversation. A conversation around deservedness is such an apt kind of topic for me right now because I am realizing that I am deserving of like being whole and of discovery mm-hmm. and play. And that my graduation and the thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours in therapy and all of the like (laughs) emotional and spiritual school that I put myself through is this moment where like, I just like get to like be a million different things at once. You know what I'm saying? I, I get to be like an expression of multitudes. I don't have to be one thing. And I think that that is like, something that I have previously been so concerned with is like empire and brand and signature and a lot of things, prestige and just a lot of things that like, I think are like really like valuable to many and like really exciting to have. And I will never like um, kind of dog those things as being goals for anybody. But I think for me, like I just want to express as many ways as I possibly can. And like wanting to is like enough of a reason. Um, And that I'm deserving of just expressing any and all desire. And I think that that's true for my work. I think that's true for my art, for my artistry, which is why I've like kind of recently become somewhat of like a a serial hobbyist. I'm just like really challenging myself to just do things because I want to. And I think it's true for like a lot of my like dating life and romantic relationships right now. I'm like, I like just want to play with what connection feels like for me safely. And like, I trust myself to do that. I don't feel like I need to like be head over heels into anything. I don't need to like reenter codependent relationships. I don't need to, you know, continue to write the same story that like was written for me by my four mothers. Like I can just be something different and I'm allowing myself space for that. And, um, yeah, I think that that's kind of all come to me at a really great time. It's like in the spring, I'm publishing my Oracle deck, the realist Oracle, which I'm so excited about. Um, so exciting. Yeah, I cannot wait. It's so beautiful. And that has been such a playground for me to just like do something again because I want to and because it feels good. Um, and then like I'll be publishing a book, you know, the year after that. And like I'm just in a space of just wanting to do things because they feel good to me. And that's something I didn't think I was deserving of doing because I felt like I had so much expectation of my own and my peers and, you know, the world that we welcome into the room for no reason. Again, who and what is that? And yeah, I'm just like releasing kind of all that expectation to let myself just be right now. I absolutely love it. I cannot wait for your oracle deck i cannot wait for your book and where can everybody find you because everyone uh this will be in show notes it will be on the sub stack but you absolutely should subscribe to kendra's um sub stack are you still writing there that much i was thinking about it i am I, now it's like more quarterly um just okay. simply because i do not have the capacity for a weekly, but yes, yes, I am still writing there. Um, And honestly, I feel like the work feels more poignant than ever because I'm just like, you know, doing it when it feels good to me. But yes, yes, you can find me at my Substack, which is KendraAustin.Substack.com. And then I am at Kendra Morris on literally any and all platforms. I think like my best form right now is probably on TikTok. I really love TikTok. I love it. I hope you also never change your username because I could never say it, but it, um, 
it makes me laugh every time because I'm just like, I love with you that you have, um, to me, some of the best sort of like Southern qualities of being like very grounded, very real, but also a little cheeky. Yeah, There's a exactly. little bit of that wink there, you know, exactly. um, which I think is so incredibly endearing. And I thank you so much for being with me today and sharing all your beautiful wisdom. No, thank you. It's truly, I mean, you're so close to my heart and I just, you've been such a teacher and inspiration for me and like, and also a great friend. Um, so yeah, I'm so, I'm so thankful that you had me on today and I'm excited to, to get the feedback. Always want the feedback. <laughs> Always with the feedback. I know a blessing and a curse, isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, truly. Well, thanks for joining us until next week, everybody. Bye. What an incredible convo with Kendra. She is such a beautiful, brilliant light. I felt incredibly fed by this conversation and was a bit in a daze after we recorded just thinking about a lot of the things she said. So I hope you enjoy that and or enjoyed it. If there's any topics you want me to cover, any people you think I should interview, please, you can always email me at anatonk at at gmail.com or you can slide into my DMs on either the How to Be Human Pod account on Instagram or I'm Anna Tonk, T-O-O-N-K on Instagram as well. Thanks. See you next week. Bye. That's all for today. If you're interested in submitting a topic, please go to anatonk.com and hit the contact button or you can email me at anatonk at gmail.com. If you're a fan of the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help.